This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday, the 4th of December. In your Squiz today, fighting back in full swing in Gaza. Big climate promises at COP28, AI for tracking Chinese subs, and Beyonce in the box office. This is your Squiz today. By now, Claire, squizzes have probably seen or heard that fighting has resumed in Gaza after the breakdown of a seven-day truce on Friday. Each side blamed the other for the breakdown, with Israel saying that Hamas failed to come up with enough hostages to extend the truce, while Hamas said they offered alternatives. Yeah, all up over the week that that truce held, 105 hostages were released from Gaza by Hamas, and Israeli officials released 240 Palestinians from detention in return. But since the end of the truce, Hamas has fired rockets on Israel. Those were intercepted by their air defence ship. But Israel says that it's hit 400 targets in Gaza in the first 24 hours. Israel's focusing on the cities of Rafah and also Khan Yunus, which are in the south of Gaza. And that's notable because Israel originally ordered Gazans to evacuate from the north to the south. Residents of both those cities now say that they have nowhere safe to go. By the numbers, Claire, the UN now estimates that 80% of Gaza's residents have been displaced since the start of the war on October 7. And the Hamas-led health ministry in Gaza puts the death toll at over 15,200 Palestinians. As for what is next, it doesn't look like another truce anytime soon. Yeah, we've heard strong language from both of the sides, particularly from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who says that Israel's army must now, and this is the quote, finish the job and achieve total victory. Uh, Netanyahu has also said that the Palestinian Authority, which is the group of officials that currently administer the West Bank, which is the other Palestinian territory, um, that they they will not run Gaza after the war. And that's notable because it's resurfaced these questions about Israel's long-term plans for Gaza. In the Middle East at the moment is US Vice President Kamala Harris, and she said that under no circumstances will the United States permit the forced relocation of Palestinians from Gaza or the West Bank. She also said, Claire, that as Israel defends itself, it matters how, and that too many innocent Palestinians have been killed. Climate diplomats are now deep into the swing of things at the COP28 Global Climate Conference in Dubai, and there's one big promise to point to. 118 nations have agreed to triple the capacity of renewable energy globally. Yep, Australia has signed up to that. Also, other big oil, gas and coal producing nations have signed up too. That includes the United States and Canada and Norway. Uh, And supporters want that pledge to be included in the final COP statement. If that happens, it would mean that nearly 200 countries represented at the COP would agree to work towards that target. Now, when it comes to the response, climate groups have cautiously welcomed that promise. Uh, Many say that more renewable energy is terrific, uh, but the real challenge is for nations to ditch oil, gas and coal production. 
One guy who would like to see oil, gas and coal ditched is Professor Bill Hare, the boss of the group Climate Analytics. He said nothing else really matters in the end. There is still some way to go for this COP28 conference and our Climate and Energy Minister Chris Bowen will be heading to Dubai later this week to join the proceedings. Claire, speaking of speeding things up, Australia, the US and the UK are pushing through a test of a new artificial intelligence technology for tracking Chinese submarines. Yeah, it all sounds very high tech, doesn't it? (laughs) Of course, there are long-standing concerns about China's aggression in Asia-Pacific waters. We've talked about that a lot over the years. I'm really dating myself when I say that because it feels like years that we've been talking about that. Um, But what has put a real focus on this? is recent injuries suffered by Australian naval divers. That happened after sonar blasts from a nearby Chinese warship off Japan's coast. That happened a couple of weeks ago. Australia's Defence Minister is Richard Miles. He was at that meeting of those AUKUS partners and he said that the incident absolutely highlights the need for speed in this arrangement to get AI up and working so that they can track these Chinese submarines. And to get Australia up to speed, we're going to receive $3 billion worth of military training and equipment from the United States. On China and the United States, last month the US President Joe Biden and China's leader Xi Jinping agreed to re-establish communication between their militaries. But the latest reports say that America's top military brass are still waiting on a response from China. Is there anything worse than waiting by the phone, Alex, for someone to call? (laughs) It's very sad. As they say in the classics, it's been a huge weekend of sport. Claire, let's go through it chronologically, starting with the Women's Big Bash League on Saturday. Yep, very exciting game between the Adelaide Strikers and the Brisbane Heat. Adelaide got the upper hand by just three runs, so they've taken out that league title. The match came down to the last two balls, so (laughs) it was a very exciting one. Um, Yesterday was the grand final of the AFLW. That was on in the afternoon between the Brisbane Lions playing off against the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos. The Lions have taken out that one 44-27 and player of the match was the Lions captain Bree Conan. There was also lots of interest in the golf over the weekend, which is a sentence I thought I would never hear myself say. (laughs) The siblings Min Ji Lee and Min Woo Lee finished top of the Aussie but just off the pace in their respective women's and men's Australian Open golf tournaments. It was tight, but Minji finished second for the women, while Wu Li was third in the men's. Claire, we are lucky to be living through a year with not one, but two hit concert documentaries after Beyonce's Renaissance doco hit cinemas over the weekend. Yeah, not just those documentaries, but also those albums that are backing those documentaries and the tours that are backing Mm. both of them. So, (laughs) uh, of course, the other documentary we're referring to is Taylor Swift's Eras Tour uh, off the back of her Midnight's album, which has won all of the awards this year. Um, Taylor Swift's movie 
has been epic. It's expected to take in about $250 million all up. Uh, When it comes to Beyonce's film, it had a really big weekend, collecting $11.5 million US dollars at the box office on its opening day. It's set to take about $20 million, they say, in box office takings. It means that it's a much smaller film when it comes to the takings than Taylor Swift's. But what the film buffs say is they're very excited because 2023 looks to be the first year that two concert documentaries have topped the domestic movie charts. And the films are very different, Claire. Taylor's is a live taping of her show, while Beyonce's film maps the journey of getting her Renaissance tour on the road. She says in the film, I'm really excited for everyone to see the process. Beyonce's film premiered in London. It was a glamorous event and Taylor Swift turned up to the red carpet. Yep, they're quite a pair, those two. Claire Mensa, the High IQ Society, has a new member and she is three. Yeah, three years old. Incredible. Her name is Isla McNabb. She's from Kentucky in the United States. The little smart Alec started reading and spelling <laughs> at the age of two. And what they're saying now, now that she's in preschool, that she's finding a really good affinity with numbers. So, yeah, she's a really, really smart girl and the youngest ever female member of Mensa. Isla's parents are, no surprises here, looking into a specialised education plan. Squiz the day, Claire. What is on the agenda today? Look, one, if you're into following our big companies, uh, Origin Energy shareholders are set to approve or reject a potential takeover offer from Brookfield. They're a big Canadian private equity consortium. It's a saga that has been going on for a bit. So, yeah, definitely one to watch if you're into business news. And that is it for us today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.